back to the Neil Haley Show. And, you know, this topic is very exciting to me because, again, we heard about this in the news, this topic involving UV. And, you know, some people didn't go into more detail, but our guest today will definitely, especially the topic for today, again, the first game between the, with fans involving the Arizona Cardinals and Panthers on Sunday is going to be really interesting. So I'm excited to welcome the program, Melinda Hart. And Melinda Hart is from Zenex. Uh, Linda, Melinda, thanks for calling. How are you? I'm glad to be here. Thank you. All right. So, Melinda, let's kind of jump in, you know, specifically, I think this is so cool, involving robots and UV to destroy the coronavirus. And so you guys have been very, very busy since COVID-19's come around, right? Kind of explain the product and everything. It's amazing. Well, our robots, the light strike germ zapping robots, have been used in healthcare facilities for years. They're in many of the world's leading hospitals um, around the United States and around the world. And so as a result of the pandemic, the entire world is thinking about disease transmission and how we can provide a virus-free environment so people can go back to work, they can go back to school, they can go play, live, travel. And so um, as soon as possible, we went and tested our robot at the Texas Biomedical Research Institute to validate and confirm that it could actually kill SARS-CoV, sorry, deactivate SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus that causes COVID-19. That testing showed our light strike robot is capable of deactivating SARS-CoV-2 in two minutes. Um, It's the most powerful UV robot in the world. And so armed with that data, that scientific evidence, um, we began being approached by hotels and schools, jails, police stations, and really exciting for us today, um, professional sports teams. Exactly. And this is so monumental because fans are going to be here on Sunday, right? So is that correct? For the- yes. And so actually the robots um, were deployed uh, during before training camp. Uh, you know, the Panthers um, wanted to provide the safest possible environment to let their players um, be able to come in and start working out with their employees. And so the robots have been heavy. We wrote, you know, heavily used since uh, this summer when training camp began to disinfect locker rooms, weight rooms, suites where the players were meeting, conference rooms, rehabilitation areas. Um, they wanted to make sure whenever they had players or personnel in different parts of the stadium that they were able to go in and quickly decontaminate those areas, um, again, just to ensure a virus-free environment and the safety of their people. And how did they figure, find out about the product? Because that's the important thing. Not all NFL teams have it, and they should, especially when we heard about the Steeler game being postponed because of COVID-19, uh, you know, they need to get this, uh, especially the Tennessee Titans. What's hoping- I like the way you think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they, you know, the Panthers are very forward thinking. They're very progressive. And so when they knew that they were going to be able to have a season, you know, they started thinking long and hard and doing a lot of research into what is the most effective decontamination technologies and strategies, infection prevention. And so they actually went and talked to the hospitals. We are the world leader in UV disinfection for healthcare facilities. And so they found out about us and we began those discussions. How can we transition this technology that's been so successfully used in hospitals to destroy pathogens, you know, that make people sick every day, like Clostridium difficile, MRSA, which is methicillin resistant staph, norovirus, influenza. And so when they learned about our technology and how effective it is, most importantly, all the scientific evidence 
that's been published. These are peer-reviewed studies showing that our robot is effective. And we began talking about how we could deploy robots in the stadium to protect those players. Um, you know, they're disinfecting pads and helmets and cleats yeah. after every practice. You know, they're really going above and beyond to protect their players. And I won't say I heard this in the news and where I heard this in the news because we don't want any controversy on this interview. But again, this works, right? This has been proven, correct, that this, this, uh, that it can h- help mitigate the coronavirus, right? Yes. And that's, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because we are an evidence-based company. We're founded by epidemiologists. So science is really important to us. You know, there are a lot of technologies. We call it the theater of disinfection. A lot of technologies that have been brought to market are being touted. Um, but what we count or what we talk to is in the scientific evidence. We actually tested against this virus and proved that we can deactivate it. And so as whether it's um, an office building, whether it's a school, whether it's a hotel, a hospital, professional sports team, you know, they want to be able to look and say, you know, has this been proven? Does it really work? Is it safe? Is it effective? Um, and that's where our light strike robots really shine. Um, there are tons and tons of companies out there making wild claims. And so we were really excited that the Panthers took such an approach to really evaluate the scientific evidence. And you have studies from this before the Panthers took on this, right, with your robots and how they've been able to help in the mitigation process of COVID-19 and not leading to other things. So there's numbers involved as well in this, right? Correct? Yes. Different case studies and stuff. Yeah. Right. We are, you know, we grew up in the hospital world. So we've had published studies from world leading healthcare organizations like the Mayo Clinic. Um, who has our robots in all their facilities to deactivate the pathogens you commonly find in hospitals. Um, so yeah, we've had, you know, 40 um, by hospitals, like I said, the Mayo Clinic and D. Anderson, some of the world's leading hospitals um, showing that. And what's really exciting is a lot of the studies have shown that the more you're able to disinfect, the more rooms you're able to cover or surface you're able to cover, um, the greater chance you're going to have for success. Um, in deactivating, you know, getting as much of, or as many of those pathogens out of the environment as possible. And it kills it quickly. So that's the other part of the, of the, of the process that that's where it's spread a lot is when someone infected comes into that area. And then when they're infected, they cough, sneeze, do certain things. And then somebody else goes and uses that, the doorknob or uses that surface, even though people thought they disinfected it. Well, you can't, trust that for sure. So that's a great point. You know, the studies have shown that when someone is cleaning a hospital room, let's say, um, and you know how hard those hospital cleaning team members are working to get the room right. ready for the next patient. The studies show that less than half the surfaces in that room have been disinfected. So when you think about the bed rail, the tray table, the nurse call button, there's still contamination left on those surfaces that can make the next patient or healthcare worker really sick. So we know that no matter how intense someone's cleaning efforts are, there's still going to be nooks and crannies that might have been missed. And so that's where our robot comes in, shines its light. Um, One of the things that's also really important is um, we've heard a lot about autonomous robots roaming around hospitals and hotels. You know, there's a really important human element in running these robots because there are objects in the room that have two sides. So you've got to make sure you're disinfecting both sides of a nurse call button both sides of the telephone to make sure you're getting all that contamination and providing the safest possible environment. 
is this affordable when you talked about schools and also certain hospitals, smaller hospitals, not the ones you, you talked about some major hospitals, because again, funding is the biggest thing when you involve uh, combating COVID-19 and regarding security or any of the types of things are, are, is your product affordable for people like school districts and stuff like that? Especially when I talk to school districts on a regular basis from my back, background before in education and uh, you know still in communication with school districts a little bit earlier you talked about speed and that's a really important factor um, our robot is proven to deactivate SARS-CoV-2 which is the COVID-19 virus um, we achieved a 99.99 percent level of disinfection in two minutes so each robot can cover somewhere between 5,000 and 7,000 square feet per hour what that means to answer your question, is our robots are able to disinfect a whole lot of rooms per day, dozens. I think the record right now is 62 from a hospital that's able to disinfect 62 rooms in a 24 hour period. So when you think about a hotel or a hospital and how many rooms per day they're able to disinfect, the price can be about as low as $3 a room, um, which is probably less than the water bottle they're leaving in my room in the hotel. Um, so each robot also has a life expectancy of five to seven years. So it's a capital investment. However, um, when you look at it on a per day basis, it's about 80 to hundred dollars per day. Um, and then you can disinfect, like I said, a tremendous number of rooms during this 24 hour period. It's another option than the other. Do you recommend not just that, but also other disinfecting as well, or you don't need to do that? Have the extra disinfecting like the, of the, of the cleaning team and things like that if you have this have this uh, robot? So the cleaning team is absolutely necessary. You know, our robot is doing the disinfection, which is that last um, extra step before the next person or patient is admitted to that room. When we think about a hotel or a school or a hospital, there's trash, um, there's going to be dirt, there might be fluids on the floor. Um, in a hotel or hospital, you still need to have the linens changed. So there's still absolutely a role that the housekeeping team or the environmental services team is going to do in terms of getting that room ready for the next patient. And that's really important. So our robot is brought in as an additive measure. You know, the other things, obviously the world is focused on, you know, we're wearing masks, we're washing our hands, we're social distancing. So I think it's a combination of factors that are helping the world get back to work. Um, and we're just really excited and proud that our robots are helping play a role in providing a virus-free environment. All right. Well, fantastic. Where's the best place we can find information on you and the company and for people that want to learn more and decide on trying to utilize and purchase one of these robots? Great. So our website is www.xenex.com. Uh, there's a contact us form on there. Um, we've got a team of people who are ready, willing, able to answer questions. We have sales reps all around the United States and the world uh, with robots, uh, demo robots available to go show people, whether it's another professional sports team, a hotel, an office building, um, how the robot can be used in their environment. Um, and, you know, it's, I heard our CEO give an interview recently, you know, when we talk about cost, there's so many different ways that we can help organizations, whether that is a lease, whether that is financing, whether that you know, we're going to make sure that for the organizations that want to invest in our technology, we can figure out a way to work with them. All right. Well, fantastic. Thanks for stopping by. And it was a great information and it's really cool technology. And I, I recommend everyone to go check you guys out. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, guys. That was the Neil Haley Show. Take care, everybody. 
Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K-12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit Lensec.com. And now back to the show. We're back to the Neil Haley show. And you know what? My guest, we used to co-host together first in the days of uh, my co-host back in the days of the Devereux committee. Then I had him come on for, I forget how many segments my second year in radio. Uh, you did a bunch of different segments. We joked around different things, 11 o'clock at night, talked about certain sports and different predictions not knowing we would be in a global pandemic, Stefan Devereaux or Aaron Lester, whatever you want to do. Now you're you lighting. Can call me Aaron Lester tonight. You can call me Aaron Lester tonight. I'm back. This is business, straight business, baby. I'm back with the man, the myth, the legend, Neil Haley himself. Oh, that's right. And see, and I learned all of the media from you. And I don't need cue cards or to think about things in two seconds. But we have a shoot interview. And I've been told this has to be a shoot with the founder of PWX, Jim Miller. And we're taking it not from the time everyone's watched all the shoot Jim Miller interviews. We're going to what the hell happened to Jim Miller. Jim, thanks for stopping by the Neil Haley Show. And, uh, I mean, Jim, we want to go to what the heck happened before the pandemic and kind of tell the history of where what happened with – this whole whole stop running wrestling shows. So Jim, thanks for stopping by. Hello, Jim. Well, I'm here. I'll answer the questions as I get them. Okay, that was his great stop running wrestling shows. That's there's your shoot. We stopped running wrestling shows when the virus started. Before that, Jim, how everything kind of imploded. Stefan can ask those different things. We're going right to the core of this whole thing of what the heck happened. We've heard so many stories on social media, you know, uh, the virus and things stopped, but there was a point in time you were running wrestling shows and then things happened at your facility. Can you kind of, you want, that's what, that's what Stefan told me to ask these questions. This is why we're here. Only the tough ones, Neil. I'll answer anything you want. Okay, and then Stefan gets the next question. So, when was the last show you ran when you were you ran it with uh, Quinn Magnum? 
how long ago was that? December. That was December. It seems like 16 years ago, right, Stefan? But it does. No, it really it does. does. It really does. It was December of 2019 then. When we're right. all excited about 2020, we were all putting our, our uh, you know, our, our vision boards together for 2020. And this is where we're at in 2020. Not able to see each other, having to do a Zoom interview. Uh, and I like it. <laughs> okay, Jim. So December. What happened to December? There were certain things leading up in November, December. So before the pandemic, you said stop, but there was some issues that occurred. You want to clear the air, and that's why you're on the show. I've heard so many different rumors, but there was something that started, um, I think it was like two years ago, maybe a year and a half. I can't tell because I've been locked up in this building. Um, Boomer Payne called me and was telling me some things uh, that was going on in the background. So I, I listened, and uh, I let it, I absorbed it, and I just watched and uh, told, you know, I watched what was happening. So ultimately, a lot of things on my personal life were going on at that time. Um, so it was kind of trying in a lot of different ways. I was also trying to get the women started. Uh, we had no women in this area as far as a complete women's uh, wrestling organization. So I was starting to, to do that. And it was actually going along really well. I had sponsors. Um, I had people that were interested. And it was building. But it was a whole different clientele than dealing, dealing with the guys than dealing with the girls, uh, as normal. You know, it's like when you get married, you know. Completely different world once you put that ring on the finger. Uh, but I've met some really fantastic girls that I'd like to have back. And I've run into some really pain in the ass, um, just like the guys, pain in the ass, backstabbers, you name it, it was happening. Uh, Fight Society was a, a vehicle to try to take me down when it started. Uh, I knew that, and there was really nothing I could do because it was a family matter. So I just kept going. I didn't know how it would end. Uh, I didn't know if it ended with uh, being dealt with right or it would be a vindictive move and i guess that's where it ends it was a vindictive move and that's where we ended up uh, the night of the last show uh it was not supposed to end that way because fight society was not supposed to end uh as always i don't know everything that goes on in the show so when it was over, it was actually our anniversary show, which should have been one of the biggest nights there is for PWX. Uh, it ended up being a dud, and it was a, a killing of Fight Society, so they felt it would go away. But it wasn't going away. You know me for 26 years, you know. I fight. So Fight Society will be back. Let me put it to you that Fight Society... Um, is going to be a part of PWX. 
As far as the women, there was a game played with the women where they were trying to put the belt on somebody that was uh, basically had already made a commitment to this other organization. The person in charge of the locker room had already made a commitment to this other organization. And so the video and all the video people and everything else. So it was a whole conglomerate that was just trying to do away with PWS and Angel Gate. So it didn't work with Angel Date, and that kind of really pissed them off. Um, our champ, Casey Spinelli, she's a great, great worker. Uh, I had let her know coming from the airport that something may be getting played on her and to be aware of. And we discussed it on the way back. So we kind of handled the women's side. So basically, they, they had killed, tried to kill off Fight Society. They tried to kill off Angel Gate. Uh, and they tried to die and get PWX to go away. So that's basically what happened. Uh, I mean, there may be more. Aaron, you probably know more than me. And I've had so many questions. Uh, I've had so many rumors. I've heard so many stories that it's just, it's unbelievable. Uh, there are certain people within a group that I call them the kill group because they're strictly out to, to take, up, take me down, kill my reputation, kill PWX, kill everything there is because they know it all. And they don't. So I'm still, I guess as you say, I'm still going. And our church is down now. It's beautiful outside, nice green grass. Uh, we got a roof being put on on the back. We got new steps being put on in the front, inside. We have new walls that we're toured on. Uh, we're going crazy. We're having all kinds of fun. And that's what I'm going to do. So it kind of weighs into the, the history of PWX to where we are right now. You know the history of PWX, you know where we are right now. And that's where we're going to build from. And I have you two guys uh, working with me. I have a few more that are working with me. And uh, we're going to do all we can. So ask away your questions. and I'll All right, so that's a good one to start. But there's a lot more questions as Stefan and I have visited the building. Uh, and Stefan said it was a different building before then. So go ahead, Stefan, with Aaron, slash Aaron Lester slash AKA <laughs> Uh, media guy, uh, radio host, media everything. Media. Ask the question yeah, like to uh, uh, Jim. Well, I just want to know. Uh, it's obviously personal. This feels like it's something personal that these guys are attacking you. Um, I'm going to guess that the leader has to be uh, Quinn. And I just need to know what started this personal uh, situation that made this guy decide to come out here and try to ruin, ruin your reputation. Not, I mean, not just look, you got to, Hey, Jim Miller doesn't pay guys. No, they tried to bury your reputation. And that's what bothered me about the whole situation. And I wanted to know what did you felt? I mean, how, what you felt was the issue that these guys really have with you. Well, I really don't want to get into the personal stuff. 
you know, because it was a family, it was a family matter. Okay. But I stuck behind Quinn for almost three years. And when this all came down, it was a huge night. What's going on right now is strictly revenge for more things than just one, okay? Business-wise, personal-wise, he lost the whole family, okay? And his own actions caused what it was there. It went out to some other people, which trainees always kissed the booker's ass, as both of you guys know. Uh, I just work upstairs. I do the numbers. I keep the books. That's how we stayed around for 26 years. I don't do the locker room. I don't do the, uh, you know, going downstairs, the setup. I like to watch the camera. I can watch the show from my office. So um, a lot of things were the blame was put on me that I had nothing to do. Okay. I mean, I, it was out of my control of the way I do business. And I think, Aaron, you know a little bit more about me on that end of it. Uh, Neil, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, we don't. We can. That's gonna be for another interview, another time, another yeah. place of what I dealt with when Jim was Mister Green, green as grass, and I was down there at PWX working. You know, trained by Charlie Fulton, and being one of the first guys there, then going to Burt's and coming back, and Jim asking me to come oh, back and Bubba. So many memories. Stop. Yeah, so many those, memories that were great. No, they were, and they were, and it was just basically, I was an outsider from the beginning, and uh, that's for another time and another place, just because I made it other places. I wrestled other places, and when I even got to gyms, gyms was not my priority. I worked there because it's local, but my priority was getting out there into the, out to work overseas, finally went up before I retired and did all that stuff, and work every weekend. And if you just stayed in Pittsburgh, you'd work every other weekend, unless you had shows, but I wanted to work three nights a week. So you see that in a lot of the stories, even when Hank posts stuff, where all oh, there were shows, Neil was never on them. Oh, because Neil was going out to Michigan. Neil was going out to St. Louis. Well, Neil was going yourself over. <laughs> oh, I have to. My damn show. I can put myself over all day long. It's Sunday now for that. But okay. So back to the question. The question I said is your building was left pretty torn up. Why? Yeah, there's holes punched in the walls. There's windows broke. Uh, stuff was stolen. It's just like a gang came through. They were making their point, and they wanted me to know that's the way it works. But, you know. See, I remember the building. The first time I went uh, to the building, I think it was an anniversary show in October of 2017. It might have been Berg Brawl. Um, and I had did uh, a spot there with Todd DeFazio. And from what I remember, I thought the building was incredible. You know, you walk through the building, it was a great setup. You know, I, I'm like, wow, I was truly impressed. Um, and I feel like when I came back up there, I seen what you were trying to do. And I know what you're trying to, you know, you're in a, the process of remodeling. So I seen your vision. Um, but I said, okay, you still got the frame of what you're trying to do. That's the thing they didn't, they didn't take away was that, you know, they, they didn't tear it all the way down. But, yeah, I see the work you're doing up there, which I think is very impressive. Because um, back in 2017, yeah, I said, okay, I seen what you were doing then. But now just some of the, the improvements that I've seen, I'm like, okay. So 
do you think, uh, my question is, do you think that they're going to regret, <laughs> that they're actually going to regret making the decision that they made to leave, ultimately? Well, Aaron, you've known me for how many years? I mean, since you were invited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't make those decisions, okay? Normally, four or five years after something like this happens, which it's happened three times before, uh, what they don't understand, okay? Let me, I do got to go back a little bit to make you understand where I'm at. Okay, when PWX started in 94, we started in the back of a warehouse. Right. Uh, we started where Sean Shocker Evans came into my office. He was a next door neighbor. He said, Jim, can we use your office, I mean, use your warehouse to practice wrestling? Now, I was in the middle of a double lawsuit at that point. Um, one for contract breach and one for patent and uh, copyright infringement. And we weren't using anything. And it's like, sure. I mean, I don't have a ring. Basically, I was told them I don't want nothing else to do with other units handling. Whatever you have to be done, the wrestlers take care of it. And that's the way it started. Now, after there came Joe Perry, uh, people in the ring in the early days, uh, Blade, uh, The Beast, Shocker, all these people have now passed on. They're not here anymore. But see, I was there too, but I don't want to be part of the passed on. I was there too, but I disappeared. So you go back to him again. You know, it's always back to Neil. I mean, no, we know that. We know that already. Johnny Valiant. BA and I, thank God, are the only ones a lot left from that crew. If you talk about the crew, meaning oh my goodness, still here too, and he came back up to help us start training new guys. So here, let me get the point across. Without stepping in again, what is, is he supposed to be some kind of professional interviewer? That's right. So he, he walked <laughs> I believe in history. I mean, mm -hmm. right. The history of PWX, the history of wrestling, the history of everything. People died to save this country. People, the history tells you all this. All these problems going on now, you go back to history. And you don't have to be stupid. You find the history and you understand both sides of the story. PWX started in the back of a warehouse, one ring that Joe Perry brought up. We didn't do shows. We trained young guys to do what they wanted to do. We started out with three or four guys. By the end of the month, we had 30 to 35 guys that were in that ring Unlike today, they were in the ring three to four times a week. That's how bad they wanted. So the reason I bring up some of these old guys, these are our histories. This is where PWX started. And you go through all the years. We went through over 700 people coming through PWX. Yeah. Working. Wow, that's amazing. Training. Okay. This is our history. So when you take people that want to shit on our history to better themselves instead of better the company that made them get where they're at, I don't have respect for them. Okay? You can take that the wrong way, whatever you want. 
I'm fighting for the history of PWS. Okay? So when I don't agree with somebody, it's because there could be a possibility of the respect isn't there. Now, a lot of times we want to bring down PWX. Oh, it's been around too long. You tell me you're bringing down PWX. <laughs> you just threw dirt on all these poor people that passed on and build us. Brian, yeah. Paul Atlas, uh, Brian's, I mean, Paul's wife, all these people were down there. They literally painted the walls. They, they worked in the back room. They did all this work because I told them from the beginning I wanted nothing to do with the wrestling. I had enough props, okay? I was in the double lawsuit. I didn't have time for it. All these games and everything you see now, I wanted nothing to do with it. So, but, see, the game, but see, the difference is back from back then to now, and I remember breaking into, what, 96, 97, a lot of these games that these wrestlers the, the talent, they weren't playing these games back then. I mean, I don't remember, I, you know, I remember a lot more loyalty back then um, compared to now. It just seems like everybody is out for themselves more, and I understand that. You know, they're independent contractors, but you can be out for yourself without destroying the place you came from, you know, and that's the problem I got with it. That's part of respect. So when you were talking that history, I know you talked about it before, but this is your network, meaning we're going to put this on your network. We'll put this out in syndication. We'll take different parts of this, and who knows how long this interview will be. But if if Aaron hired me, tells me, Neil, you got to go ask the hard questions, I will, because I don't ask them sometimes. And when I decide to ask them and not ask them, it just all depends on specific things. We are in a very tough time right now. So I'm going to go to the right thing. You talk about they just destroyed you, tore down everything, and started another organization. They tore down and tried to destroy your building, left, tried to start their own thing. Right. I don't think. Okay. The point is they weren't done attacking you. So yeah. I want you to address other things as well. Because when this airs, done this airs, I'll be getting attacked. Stefan will be getting attacked. <laughs> and then, because, attacked. How dare us? Because everyone was supposed to walk away from Jim Miller. Everyone was saying he's a cancer. You should get away from him. He is Donald Trump. I'm just saying, and that's for people hey, that hate Donald Trump. No, I am a journalist. I am <laughs> everybody. Whoever pays me. I will work for, You're and an that's idiot. the bottom line. <laughs> so I go back to Michael Jordan, what Michael Jordan said. He says, Republicans buy tennis shoes too. I don't, I'll, whoever wants to pay me, pay me, and I will do it, and I'll work for them. And so that's the bottom line in all this. It's about well, see, a you know, I'll give you credit, though, this time, because I will say this, though, Neil, because you had that opportunity, and we don't have to get into that I right never, now, I never left that, that to go work for someone else. Yeah, okay. And, but... But you didn't fulfill, I guess you didn't fulfill certain things that they wanted, and things didn't work out. But it's not but that was, the, that was your choice, though. You can that was your get choice. 25 different interviews for me on that end. This is about Jim Miller, and I'm trying to ask the hard questions. What about the attacks? You're a racist, yeah, we went back a bigot, all over again. You're, you're a Me Too movement, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a Me Too movement. Everyone should stay away from Jim Miller. He is, he is a cancer and that you should stay away. You remind me of Shelby Adcock right now in this office. we got to get you a better office for sure. I just had to bring that up. Shelby Adcock, I'm sure, is dead. He ran out Central City, Kentucky, and <laughs> samples were worked towns there. Well, Your me, office me, reminds me of Shelby Adcock's office. 
the three the three big ones that come up. Let, let me explain. Yeah, please tell people how you're. Please can you can you're a racist, a, a bigot. Yeah, please well, tell people how you explain that. A racist, and it was on the board that I was a racist. What nobody knows is somebody took a piece of a conversation. It was a personal conversation. Uh, Dylan Dean Francis, whatever his name is. <laughs> it was a personal conversation. We were kidding with each other, and he took that part of a conversation and put it into this clan meeting yeah. so they could come after me. Okay, they were using that after me, and what they did is they took a post from another promoter, and this uh, little beast or whatever the hell they call her, added mine to it to make it look like I was part of that whole picture. I wasn't, okay? Uh, if I'm a racist, I'm in a bad position. I managed the midget football team for 25 years, and 70 to 80% of those kids were black. Okay, and I managed it. I got them from shutting the door completely to back on the road and get get going again. I live in McKeesport. I wouldn't be alive if I was a racist in McKeesport. Yes, it's seven o'clock. You got to run. <laughs> I ain't running. I exactly. got a lot of friends here. I got, I got a lot of people that know me. Uh, hell, I got Aaron on here that's working with us now. I mean, that's the biggest con that they got out there. I think that's what made me. That's what made me mad. Like the most mad was, you know, okay, I don't care what people say about the sexual harassment stuff or the females because the way I see it is, you know, your wife has worked in that building, has been at every show. Your daughter. Okay, he. Froze. If someone had a problem female wise, they could have went to either one of those women. And something could have been handled, but they did. All right, let me, That's let me answer. Let me answer that. Okay. Yes, the, one, the, yeah, the locker the room is always that. handled we by. Need, we need to. We need to rip off all the Jim Miller T-shirts, all the Jim Miller merchandise, any pictures, because you know, like they how they destroyed these other men that have done such horrible things in professional wrestling that they should yeah. be just destroyed. <laughs> but go ahead. Okay. Yeah, let them explain that. But let me let me go back. Locker rooms are run by. The person in charge, right? Mm -hmm. Neil, you, you run in the whoever's in charge runs it, not me. I'm in the office. Okay, and what's the first thing? Let me ask a question. When you go into a ring, what's the first thing you do? You run around the ring, and what are you looking for? The referee. Oh, you dumbass. You're looking for problems with the ring. If there's holes in the rings, if there's, you know, places <laughs> where you can have a problem. Yes. You're a vet, I you say. Okay. Yes. I didn't work it off the rings like that, Jim. Then <laughs> <laughs> whoever's running that locker room is in charge of the locker room. Yes. They're supposed to check that locker room, take care of things that go in the locker room, and it's their responsibility. So the one thing that came up, oh, he had a camera in the locker. We had a camera that was dead. Okay. The camera wasn't plugged in. It wasn't hooked up. It was nothing, okay? Now, I took that from the lady that was in charge of the locker room, and she came to my office, and she had said to me, Jim, can you check the film? Somebody got in my purse and stole money, okay? And that was Nicole. I said, Nicole, I don't have, a can I don't have anything that's running in there that I can look at. I took her back. And I showed her, I said, here's the camera. 
I said, do you see a plug that's close to being here that this could be plugged into? She said, no, it's not hooked up at all. I said, so there, you can tell there is nothing going on with this. I said, we forgot to pull it down. We'll pull it down. I said, but I want you to know there's nothing going on. I said, now, did you really get ripped off of money or are you trying to test me? She said, no, I got ripped off of money in her, out of her purse. And uh, she told me who she thought it was. And like I told her, there's nothing you can do unless you see it. So that went by. All of a sudden, this third party, this uh, honey badger, is telling everybody that I have cameras in the locker room. Now, she hasn't been on one of my shows for over two years, three years. So somebody's blowing in her upper ass. You know, yeah, of course. Uh, somebody had to tell her. Later on, I found out when this little coup was coming together, my understanding is the person in charge of the locker room is the one that told her. Now, that came out through a post that Badger sent out during all this stuff going on. And it's like, hmm, person supposed to be running my locker room is one of the ones stabbing me in the back. So that answered one part of my question. Okay, they're trying to break down the women's part. Now I understand who they're breaking it down. Uh, but Badger was the one, she's like the leader of the coup, you know, for, for the other side. Uh, and, the, and the sad part is, when Badger came here to get trained, I really liked her. She was a nice girl. She really loved wrestling. She wanted to learn wrestling. She didn't have the money. She started, but then she didn't have the money to go any further. And we went out and we paid out of our pockets to get her trained. She turns around and tries to tell everybody, oh, no, that's a lie. That's a No, it's not a lie. After everything we do for people, what they want to do is turn around and shit on it. It's like, none of this would have had to came out. I didn't ever, ever want that to come out. I, I've done this with other people. But when you turn around, you tell me you're trying to make the world believe that, oh, yeah, you did when you didn't. Right. You know, okay, keep shitting on me. I know the truth. I don't have to go through anything. Right. So, so those are the attacks to that. If you really did have a camera, you'd be in jail right now, right, Jim? Oh, yeah. Plus, I'd have a hell of a lot more women that will be coming to me. And here's the fact that nobody gets to. Okay, when somebody makes a comment about you, what's the first thing you do? You go back and you check. I checked with 10, in, 10 other girls, and none of them had a problem. None of them moved. They, they didn't see anything running. So you got one chick that's not even in the room taking third-hand information, and I got 10 other girls telling me, Jim, nothing happened, nothing was going on. I said, well, that's what I figured, but that's what's out there now. And everybody is scared to death to open their mouth because they feel the group's going to come after them. You know, if they say something, they're going to come after them. I'm going to say something. So they came after me. So that's where we are on. That's where we are now. And yeah, I'm old. I'm gonna. I was taught to say something. I'm not going to uh, dance around the subject, you know. And uh, I mean, there's another situation, but we'll get to that. 
as soon as you answer, you know, you give me some more questions. Okay, so those, the, those are the big issues. We're not going to talk family. And it'll be interesting to see once this airs, will they talk family? And this will air only on the PWX network. I will plug in portions of the interview on my syndication. Go to neilhaley.com and, and check out. Oh, that. We're, rede re we're redesigning neilhaley.com as we speak. Uh, serial entrepreneur, seven businesses, big things coming in 2021. Stay tuned. Still, still big deal and a real deal, deal, huh? Oh, Stay tuned. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so let's uh, okay over, over again. Okay, look, can, can I? Okay, I, I got another hard hitter. You know, go ahead, and, hit it. Okay, so I, I'm no rush to go home. I don't know if Neil got to get out of here, but I'm gonna go. <laughs> no, there's part two. I'm out the door at seven thirty or seven twenty-five. Uh, yeah, part two. Yeah, Neil's always. Yeah, okay. that's, yeah, yeah. I'm used to that. Go ahead. Um, what do we got? But okay, so I'm going to address something now. You know, when just the past few months we've had all this, everybody's racist now. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, you're racist. I've been accused of being racist now as well, so it's cool. I'm actually, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I, but uh, the one thing I will say is I think the one thing that hurt me the most was how these people tried to call you racist. And I've known you for over 25 years, and I've never, ever in my life, ever can say, Okay, I think Jim's racist. I've never said that. And if I felt if I felt that, I would never have talked to you as yeah. many times as I did. But my thing was, I know that I had to hurt you deep down inside because I know what you do for that community up there. And um I mean I, I know that Yes, it did hurt. It hurt personal more than anything because I do do things for the community. And I try to do everything I possibly can do to help the community. And you got people that are just trying to play with their damn ego and get themselves stroked. You know, it's just, it's, it's not worth it. You know, I mean, I spent three years helping a guy try to get through a hard situation only to get stabbed and make it as hard as he could to get me to go out. Sorry. I mean, yeah, there's hard feelings. I mean, very hard feelings. And yeah, you can probably say there's a lot of excuses about me because I'm not perfect either. Like our website, the Fight Society, they took me off as administrator and took 6,000 fans away from us so they could have their little coup and have fun with it. So we started from scratch. And little does people know, that's when Neil came and got involved but Aaron came back first, and Aaron's always the pain in the ass. He always comes back first, you know, always says that. And people don't know. I love you, Jim. In, in the beginning, he was the biggest pain in the ass there was because he was out there trying to steal shows. He's one of them damn guys that you'd run shows to try to make money, and he'd say, we'll do it for $500. I said, I'm staying home. It ain't worth doing nothing. The guys don't make nothing. You know, it's not worth doing it. And it was this idiot that was out Sorry, there. Neil. <laughs> so, you know, but you got to love it. He had the competition in his head, but that, that tells you how bad the business is, be truthfully. We're using guys on these shows that don't deserve to be in the ring. They could not go through a training like the people were going through back in 
what, 94, 95? Right, 95. that's they, true. They, they couldn't, they would never handle it. And today, by, by one of the professional trainers, the Charlie, yeah. the Monster Factories, Yal yeah. Snows, um, even, you know, BA, uh, yeah. Paul Bryan. That, that was a different environment of training. T when he trained. Baby. Dominic Denucci. Not generation wants babied. If you say something to them, you know, it's like trainers are scared to actually tell them, set them in their place. Yeah. You know, this is the business. This is the way it is. They're scared to do it. They want them to be their buddies. Yeah. Hey, because man, because everyone's going to be the next Orange Cassidy. Buddies. <laughs> what? Everyone's going to be the next Orange Cassidy. Come on now. That you uh, right out of the, the streets. Uh, I mean, I mean, just I just don't understand where wrestling's going in that direction. But as you see, Vince is not I'll take bl- big guys. I'll again. take blame for that locally because I kind of helped put. But see, I, I kind of helped put it there. You, you were the blame. You yeah, blame. I'm not going to lie. See, I won't lie, and that's why I'm able to understand where where it's at now because I kind of helped push it this in this direction. You know, just getting guys. Because my whole thought process back then was I just wanted to get matches to tape for because we were doing a little TV show. That was the that was my whole thought process, just to get as matches yeah, any matches too. that I could. Huh? Yeah, you had it on aneroid. You sucked too. Three quarter inch tape, and you were still using eight millimeter. No, no see, well, no, we, see, no, 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 no. The Devereaux oh, committee we, has to come back. The greatest talent in the world, the Devereaux committee, Devereaux committee for life. And the bottom line, what we did was just genius television. I decided to come in. Anytime I come in front, I'm involved in an organization in some way. It's now going to back to Neil, Neil again. That's right. Exactly. God put myself over. Now, okay. okay here's, I'm going to ask you. We're hearing about the nonprofits. What if you get back more and more in the nonprofit end? You don't. You don't have any really person to go behind in the wrestling end. Right, the 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 re- like the business side of wrestling. You've yeah, had enough, I huh? I, I have people behind me, and I I'm growing a crew that's getting bigger and bigger. Like I have a new CEO. Okay, so I can step back. I can go fishing. I can drink my quarters light, but I can still be involved and be here and do what I enjoyed doing, and that was watching wrestling listen to the people, and I'll let the new CEO take care of the side of the business that I don't want nothing to do with anymore. I'm tired of being blamed for everybody else's excuses. I'm tired of the backstabbing games, the lies. I'm to the age I want to enjoy life, okay? But see, that's the thing I don't understand, that how people blame you for things. And I was one of those people back in the day who used to blame you until I got to know you and understood what was going on inside of the company. You had nothing to do with the wrestling side whatsoever. Nothing. You always had the right people booking it in certain ways, and that's because that's what he did. He was the business guy. Now, Now, I think we cleared the air in so many things, but somehow... Aaron and Jim could talk for hours more about different things. So I guess oh, when we, we have will. part two, we're going to go in seven minutes down the road. I thought I hit every talking point. We talked about the nonprofit. I got coming in for me or? No, we're going to talk about that in a, another, because I think there's more oh. questions. We're going to air this one. Wait to hear the feedback of this 
and then come with a part two. Because ultimately, people are going to have questions. We're going to talk about breaking news. He wants to have fun. Let the man have some fun, Neil. You got, what, seven minutes? Let him have some fun for seven minutes, please. I'm going to come up with a seven-minute question. But what I'm just giving people an understanding six minutes now. But what I'm trying to bring to the table right now for people is understand, we're going to air this interview on the PWX network. PWX, meaning PWX on Facebook all over the different places, just like the ratings of the PWX retro, meaning or the PWX classics, the first week did really well. I don't know what about the second week. It must have been not good matches. But when I debuted <laughs> for week three, when I, see, I the best ratings were when I was on for oh, three seconds. Uh, Imagine when I break JB <laughs> Destiny's neck and that comes on. I don't know what episode that is. When Shocker and Vince Caplack did that promo, acting like Vince was you, you'll need to look at that and see it was hilarious. And you'll need to find it and watch it because that's something that that, that was a history maker right then. So I'm just leaving that out there that there's a promo that they, those two do, did on you that was fantastic. Well, I, I got one thing. I want to know who the CEO is. That's what I want to know. I mean, we are. So we're going to find that out after we air part one, which will be right. We're going to go to nine o'clock, prime time, prime time, the week of the debate. So October the 2nd, this will air. After PWX Classic. Oh, that's not a long time because the world's going to end when you see Donald Trump and Joe Biden on Tuesday night. So you've got to wait for that one. As Trump said, he's going to shoot himself up to try to debate Trump. Will be very interesting. It will be great news. Great news. No politics, man. I deal with enough politics and no! professional wrestling. Uh, this is my show. I can do what yeah. I want to do. We definitely and know it's, 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 it's so <laughs> I'm interested to hear all this, but as if the ratings went down week two of PWX Classic, it's because I wasn't on. <laughs> That's why, because I wasn't on. Okay. As I'll say the last uh. thing, and Jim, I want to hear this question as we'll finish up the show. And then people can find out where they can like Facebook up, PWX and all I mean, that. I'd like to clear the air of a ton of stuff. So, Oh, we can clear it in part two. But let's just hear how many people are pissed off at you after this airs. There's going to be a lot of crap. I know it. But last thing I wanted to say is I'm going to say this flat out. When I left to go to Norm's, the house dropped 50%. Oh, right God. After it's back to now, the, the heat, oh, the God. heat that I had, people came to see the dog pound, and they came to see me, and they left oh. right after my match was over. Oh. So I will oh, continue God. to say this from day one. I am a house drawer. I draw wherever I want to draw. I get the best heat possible, and that's the bottom line. And I had to bring that up. 50% the house dropped when I left to go to Norm's. And you're getting and thumbs down for me. This is about Jim Miller, not about Big Neil, the real deal here. No, 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 no. No, no. when I have a camera wrestling, we can bring that up, but that's just the last point. So, Jim, you can. where can we find more information on you, Jim? 
where can you find more information on me? Well, let me see here. Well, it's going to come out. I mean, you can put it. No, meaning where can we connect with you? you can connect with you on, on Facebook. You have two Jim Miller pages. Yeah. You have PWX. You have AngelGate. Follow you on all those different channels. Jim is trying to figure out what that Instagram thing is. Or no, that Snapchat you, thing. Or that. I, I'm going to tell fans right now. What they need to do is go to pwxnetwork.com and uh, enjoy. I, I, that's all I got to say. Go to pwxnetwork.com and enjoy if you're just a fan of local Pittsburgh wrestling uh, and I'm more wrestling besides that. I found yeah, this... page to myself. Wow. Because every time I made a page up, it ended up being wrestling. I finally got one that I don't put any wrestling on. So... I'm going to do everything in my power to keep that one. But we're behind. Uh, Neil's handling social media right now, and he's doing okay. Just like when he was a wrestler, he was okay. Uh -huh. I, yeah, he is okay. Crowd actually got, went up when Neil left. Nope, I know for a fact, Matt. Sorry. He didn't become a star until I started managing him. Let's just be honest. You know, that's when exactly. he became a star. Well, we have... So, you know, we have more people behind the scenes now, and the truth is they're working together. It's a team, okay? That's the difference. It's not one guy and one guy. One guy sneaking to tear down another guy so another guy can take over. We have a team, what I wanted before. Now I drink my beer, go fishing, and I'll run the nonprofit, and that's what I'm, hope I'm hoping to do. You'll so say this. Go fishing. But again, I, I, I'm going to tell people this. Hold on one second. And I'm a, another, you know, because I know in the next interview, we'll probably get more into detail about this. But no, I want people, you. if they have questions for Jim Miller, to comment in the comment section when this goes live. And I want you I to got make no problem with that. comments and then we'll ask those questions on the I air. No problem like with our that. Viewer I want to I want to put over that uh, that young talent. He got a, some young talent over there. Because uh, I, you know, visited the school and so forth, and I seen some of them young guys. I'm like, oh. if people think you done, they don't know you yet, do they, Jim? But let's just be real. Because you got some talent up there. I said, there's no way that this man is felt. He's just going to fold up and leave now. You got a nice group up there. PWX knew how to start it up with nothing, and we're back, though. We're starting it back up, and it's going our way. Well, now you exactly. got the history. All right. You got the history. That's uh, the difference. So we're going to close it out for part one, part two. But as I said, questions for Jim Miller, comment in the comment section, like, share. And I want questions, even if they're negative, we will ask them on the next episode. So Not too negative. Because nice I thought we addressed everything. But Mr. Miller's ego and Mr. Lester's ego, Mr. Devereaux's ego, feels that we've not covered everything, so there will have to be a part two. Well, you won't let us cover anything. We're going to record it after October 2nd. This will air, and, and I already made my prediction Donald Trump wins debate one, and they're already deciding that the coronavirus has doubled in size and that we better be ready to be huddled up and locked up because of the coronavirus. Just kidding. I hope that's not true. I'm ready for wrestling to come back, and I'm ready for real live events and not be stuck in an office all day. So thank you, guys. <laughs> and part two, 
will be soon. Right, You're watching the Neil Haley Show and listening to the Neil Haley Show, not the Jim Miller Show, and take care, guys. Yeah, please. Celebrity Slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today.